0: Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. How do you stay constructive during times of massive change? Sam, I'm looking for your advice today, mate.
1: Thanks for having me, Dom. It's uh, it's some exciting times ahead for, for you and your wife, and big change ahead.
0: That's right. So my wife and I are expecting a baby in less than a month. And I guess who knows, you know, that due dates aren't, uh, aren't 100%, are they? So who knows when? I've got the bat phone on me just in case. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's uh, becoming a new parent, first time, amazing gift. What a wonderful blessing. So it's uh, exciting times ahead, mate, but a huge change. And how are you thinking about it?
0: You know what? I'm pretty excited, but I'm also a little terrified as well. It's a lot a lot on the plate. So. I guess the question for you as a man who has uh, three kids yourself, how do you stay constructive? Sam, cause I'm hearing all the horror stories. That, <laughs> so like, and I guess this isn't just about becoming a new parent. I mean, that's my situation, but I guess in general, if we broaden it as well, you know, during times of big changes for people and their, and their personal lives, mm. you know, the lifestyles inventory is about life, not just work. How do you stay constructive?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And all of us, we'll encounter change in our life, significant change. Uh And change is constant in life, but big life impacts will happen to us. And it might be the arrival of a a child, like in your case, which is super exciting. It might be the loss of of a loved one in Uh. terms of a death, a bereavement. Uh. It might be the end of a relationship. It might be the start of a relationship. It might be
0: Moving cities
1: or something. Moving cities, health scare, whatever, you know. So I think it's a great question to think about how do we handle big change? My thought on how you stay constructive and it, we talk about it in the LSI is how do you make sure as at an initial point you're taking care of yourself? Mm. How do you take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else? Ah. So, you know, as a father-to-be, I, I, the three areas that I think are really important when it comes to taking care of yourself is... You know, diet, sleep, and exercise. How are they going for you? If you were to, you know, mark yourself one out of 10 in terms of diet and sleep and exercise, how would you rate yourself out of 10? And then identify what are the things that you need to, to maybe do different to move you up the scale two points uh. and be realistic. And sleep for you, Dom, is gonna, <laughs> it's going to become less and less. So it's how do you.
0: That that maxes out at five yeah, on the I, ten point scale.
1: <laughs> at best. <laughs> oh, but shit. how do you how do you take care of yourself in a way uh, that you can show up as the best dad, uh, as the best husband uh, and the best in all parts of your life? I think that's the first thing is is to consider is how do you stay constructive, is taking care of oneself.
0: I like that, Sam and I've got a story for that actually. So you know, in preparation for the baby coming, my wife and I are attending these different classes. And so on. And we went to one at the hospital just the other week. And the first activity they did, they split up the guys and the moms, the moms and the dads. And the moms kind of, well, we both had to brainstorm, you know, what, what do you want on the day? What do you need to do kind of stuff? You know, so the dads, we all start with the practical stuff, you know, we need to pack the car and, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But eventually we got to the, you know, more, how do we support and so on. Anyway, we had to present back both groups. And I was the presenter for, for the, for the guys. And we'd kind of go point for point, you know, our group, their group, our group, their group. And then um <laughs> the mum said something along the lines of, it was about the day, right, when it happened, when they gone to labour. We need you to know that it's all about us on the day, right? You need all your attention. And I took the very risky stand of coming back and saying, like, totally get that. It is, It is all about you. But, you know, dads, we need to take care of ourselves too. Otherwise, we're no help to anyone. It was a risky move when I... <laughs> When I opened up, I was like, just a point on that. It was like you could hear the air like <gasps> out of the room. But I survived. Somehow I walked the tightrope and got to the other side.
1: You, you didn't get chased out of the room get chased by out. 15 pregnant mamas-to-be. No. Yeah, taking care of oneself. I think that's – you raise another good point. I think you've got to talk about it. You've got to talk it over. Mm. You've got to talk it over with people that you trust because mm. big change is scary and communication is key. You've got to communicate and, you know, phone a friend talk mm-hmm. to your wife talk to your partner talk to someone that you love and trust about the change about what you're experiencing and you're thinking uh, test some ideas on what what's working get some feedback uh, But i think that's another way to to and focus on what you can in your control uh, and you know particularly in a, the your baby's requirements of the first few months of life will have a lot to do with your wife less to do with you so how do you help your wife be best mum it can mm. be and how, how do we you know in a broader sense how do we focus on what we can control and not give any energy to things that we can't control and often in change situations our mind will wander to things we can't control and we will worry about it in terms of the passive defensive styles we will get upset about it, angry about it more of the aggressive defensive styles but if it's outside of my control then i can't do much about it so i've got to put my energies where that i can make the biggest difference
0: how do you think you focus cuz like cognitively we all kind of know that i guess right yeah like focus you know on what you can control and stuff so consciously we know that but sometimes subconsciously your brain's going a million miles an hour on all the other stuff so yeah. is there anything about like how how do you calm that part of it
1: yeah it's good i think it's clocking it again it's that awareness to register so- something and a simple, practical tip I have used, particularly like if you're waking up in the middle of the night or you're, you're getting, say, so, ruminating thoughts or whatever, is just put a grab a piece of paper and put a line down the middle of it, and and write down all the things on one hand, one on the left hand side, you know, in my control, mm. and on the right hand side, out of my control, mm. and whenever stuff comes up, just put it in the column that where it lives, mm. and you'll find as a way to identify that often the column that's out of your control will. Fill up quicker, Mm. and that's where your thinking's going. So it just helps you register that that's where. If it's out of my control, then hopefully that's one way. Just a simple trick you can use to go. Okay, well it's out of my control. Then how do I move forward into something that I can control?
0: Right. So it's bringing it back into the consciousness, I suppose. And
1: awareness is the first step, and then it's the it's the choice point to say: Is my thinking best spent here, or is my is my thinking or my action best spent elsewhere?
0: Often with these changes too, Sam, it's, it's, we're already kind of, you know, we, we operate probably day to day kind of, you know, touching a hundred percent or maybe touching 90% or something like that. Right. Just as a baseline kind of capacity thing, you know, mm. we're all kind of, you know, up, there, it, yeah. up there anyway, often, you know, <laughs> yeah. often we're kind of up there. And so when these changes come, sometimes it pushes us to 110 or whatever it is. So when you got, you know, it's, it's extra responsibility or, or something that mm. we didn't plan for potentially. I mean, we did plan, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what I mean? So we're, we're adding more onto an already crowded yeah. workload, I suppose, or whatever you want to call it. So how do you deal with that? Mm. How do you stay constructive with that?
1: How do you stay constructive with a, a growing to-do list? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably back to that list of in my control and out of control. And, and the question we often ask our clients is where can my energy – make the biggest difference you know where can my time energy and effort make the biggest difference and for me that's the opportunity to stay constructive is to identify what are the biggest most important things for you to address and you know an old boss once said to me uh, you know your health and your family are like crystal balls Uh. when they drop they smash and they don't you they're not able to put back together but work and you know, everything else is like a rubber ball when you can bounce it against the wall, it will come back or not, you know, but it's just for me, that really sat with me because, Uh. you know, when you get to a new stage of life where there is greater responsibility and obligation on you as a father or as in a leadership role, or it's how do you identify what are the most critically important bits that I need to focus on? What are the big rocks? What Uh. are the crystal balls? Uh. And then what are the rubber balls and and prioritizing in your mind? Because you can't get it all done but you can be choiceful and purposeful in, in what you put your energy and time and effort toward.
0: I like I like that actually. I've never heard that before, the crystal balls, but it's very uh very true, right? So it's being aware of what are the crystal balls, what what if it hits the ground it's not gonna bounce back up again. Yeah. And what what are the rubber balls potentially? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. And you know, yeah. like and, and look, it's it's the whole it's similar to the you know, what it where you put your energy behind your big rocks and And that's why I say, look after yourself because your health is number one and and your family is equally number one in terms of where I think you spend your time. And that's why often with leaders that we work with, when you ask them to help them understand what's going well and what needs work, often I find that the greatest opportunity for them to be healthier and happier relates to stuff outside of work. Uh And it might be able to do with their time that they're spending on themselves Uh in terms of their health or their... What brings them joy, hobbies, Uh, uh. might be the relationships that they have with their family and their friends, their mates that they may have drifted from. And that's a real, it's a very easy trap for particularly new parents to fall into is to go into this bubble that you forget about everything else. And so, how do you find what you need to keep filling your own tank, Mm. both physically, mentally, emotionally? And that's what I see as as the crystal ball. And then everything else is a rubber ball work, uh, life, you know, it'll be there, but it's, putting your focus behind the things that are most important right now.
0: Sometimes, you know, work in those rubber balls can seem pretty important to people, you know, and, and people are like, well, I'm career-minded and all that. So what, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, that comes at a cost. And one of the things that I've learned over my career is that you, that's not a sustainable strategy. Uh, and with leaders that are ambitious and, and are career driven i think you've got to understand and help them understand at what cost and that might be a cost they're willing to to take uh, and that's cool uh, that's uh, it's a choice point i think being conscious about the choices that you're making because uh, it's easy to run to the inbox it's easy to run to the next meeting and allow work to inundate your world uh, but i think it's that choice point and that's where you know really that self actualizing And achievement is like, where am I heading? What's important? What do I need to spend time on? And being quite choiceful, as I said before. And that's going to mean saying no to a lot more things Uh. and a lot more people, which requires maybe a new thinking and a new behavior. Uh. And that's going to be hard at the start, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And look, I've certainly not got it nailed. My wife will tell you that. But but I think it's, um, you know, that's what I love about the LSI is that it talks about life holistically. And we know through, you know, nearly fifty years of research, Dom is that having more constructive styles in your thinking and and your behaviour will lead you to be have healthier relationships, healthier mind and body, mm. as well as career progression. So there is a balance. There is an opportunity for you to to deliver both, but it requires conscious choices.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. On bring it back to myself on the point about you know prioritizing and rubber balls and so on you know at the moment i've got a lot on my on my mm. plate as we're talking about before the podcast there's a mm. lo- lot of stuff going on you know i'm working so super busy at work i'm studying postgrad as well and the baby's on the way so it's it's pretty full on time for me right now and i was talking to my wife this morning actually because i was like Fuck, it's so much on my plate and we've got a parenting class on saturday and and i've got an exam so i get an exam friday night and i've got to do it before i fly to out of Sydney for a client uh, on Sunday. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to do all this stuff. She's like, oh, well, you don't have to come to the parenting class. I was like, you know what? That's actually the most important thing for me to do. So, you know, I'm not going to cancel that one, but I still need to do the exam and I still need to go to, go to the city.
1: It's a good, look, it's a great real life example that we all face. It might be the, the parenting class might be your daughter's ballet in years to come or, or your son's footy game. And, and I, I ask people when we, we're all faced with these challenges is, you know, in, in 20 years time, in 50 years time, when you look back on it, what are you going to remember? People don't sit on their deathbed and say, I wish I spent more time at work or I wish that I, I landed that sales plan or I had that, you know, people remember the big milestones in their life in terms of their, their contribution back to society, whether it be their family or their, their community. So I think it's just being helping people say no. And to answer your question, I would say, how do we help people say no? Because when we say no, in our mind, if we're coming from a, often we might come from a defensive point of view, we might be thinking we're going to upset people. We're going mm. to piss people off. Or we come from an aggressive, like, oh, I, I can do it. I can do it. And you, you load yourself up. And I think it's having comfort in your own skin to say, this is what I can achieve. Oh. This is what's realistic. Therefore, these are things that have to dial back. And my wife would would be the first to tell you that I'm sort of a massive work in progress on that one. Myself.
0: Yeah, and I think I am too. I mean, uh, it's not easy to to push back on some of that stuff, and no. and it all is important. And you know, to some extent, I do need to do all that stuff. Yeah, but it's finding where I guess you can, you know, shave out time. It reminds me actually. I was, talking to, I was doing a debrief with someone the other day, and they uh, worked really hard, really constructive feedback and stuff, but a lot of it was about work, right? And they kind of said, um, you know, by the time they get home, it's hard to keep the constructiveness mm. up and so on, right? And I kind of talked about, you know, who who do you want to be more like? And because people hold up Steve Jobs as mm-hmm. as a business example. And he was successful, super successful, but at what cost, right? Yeah. The crystal balls dropped. For yeah. him. I was like, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather be like Richard Branson, right? Yeah. He seems like a guy who's having a blast, you know, like, <laughs> He's out kiteboarding and whatever, you know, he's, it he seems like a guy who's having a blast. So, you know, you can, but he's still successful, right? So I, successful. I think it, it doesn't have to be a trade-off necessarily, maybe in the short term, but you know, you can still be successful and also enjoy your life and also hold up the crystal walls, you know?
1: Yeah, that's right. And I'd like to be more like Richard Branson too. I reckon it <laughs> sounds like he's got a good life. I, I think it's just success for people can be measured in different ways. And if some people want to put all of their time, energy, and effort into their career, that's cool. Like I think then good luck. And some people might want to put all their time, energy, and effort in their family and that's okay too. I think, yeah. I think the key point for our, our, the listeners is to think, what is it that I really want? What is my motivation to want to choose that? Am I being driven by more of the constructive thinking in terms of my achievements, my you know my relationships, my vision for myself in self actualizing uh, or am I being driven by a need to either keep up with the Joneses uh, in the competitive? You know, I mean, I've got a, I want to have a a really successful career, I want to have a big house, a boat, whatever. Or I'm driven by a need to keep people happy in terms of the approval uh, and the dependent. So I think way I would answer that is just make sure you know why you're doing what you're doing, uh, and go after whatever it is you want to go after, but understand that it may come. At a cost, and you need to just weigh that up if that's in line with what you're willing to, to sacrifice or commit to. Um, you know, it's uh, that's the journey of life, right? And that's all of us have those choices. And I wouldn't say anyone's got it nailed, all of us are, are working through that. And uh, you know, the most successful people from the outwards, outside looking in, CEOs, MDs, you know, entrepreneurs I think everyone's still got that battle, Dom, of uh. prioritizing and and putting their energy where it can make the biggest difference. Uh,
0: Yeah, sometimes we we see the Instagram version of other people (laughs) and uh, you know, think, oh, that guy's got it all together and maybe they don't. Yeah. Love it, Sam. I I liked so the key points I'm taking out for myself from this chat, I'm being selfish, is we started with that take care of yourself, Mm. right? You can't help anyone else if if you're not taking care of yourself first. So again, that diet, sleep, exercise, well, maybe not sleep, but (laughs) as much as I can, I'm trying to get that talking it over with someone, right? So I think especially for guys, we tend to just hold on to it and bottle Mm -hmm. it. So talk to a friend, talk to your partner, talk to, you know, family, colleagues, whoever it is, that focus on what you can control. Mm. And we talked about the list, you know, so if you're waking up in the middle of the night, draw the line down the list, what's in my control, what's out my control, and probably going to fill up the, the what's outside of my control part of it first. And then there was that key question you had about from achievement style, which is where does my effort make a mm. difference? And so coming back to that question, you know, hey, we've got limited time. There's only so many hours in a day. So where does my effort make mm. the most difference? I love the concept of the crystal balls and rubber balls as well. I've never heard of that. So I'm going to totally uh, acquire that one from you <laughs> and uh, Great. use it going forward. It's a good one. Yeah, some things don't bounce back. So you got to pay attention.
1: And the other thing you mentioned is, and it's a real we anyone that's working hard coming home to a family there's that friction point of working hard all day you get home and as mm. as you're as the leader you're referring to talked about they've used up all the constructive they might you know so it's uh. that is a real challenge it's a real friction point for us as people we focus on doing our best work during the day and then we get home and we we are tired we are hungry mm-hmm. and we're exhausted uh. and that is a Helping people move through that transition at the end of the day is something that I'm still working on. And I work with clients that are working on it. But some of the things that I've found have worked for people and myself is you might just take two minutes in the car when you get home or on the bus or in your commute, you might find, you know, somewhere between three to five minutes max, but do some mindful breathing. Might do a meditation, a guided meditation or just some breathing to to reinvigorate your, you know, the prefrontal cortex is where we do a lot of our thinking and analyzing and inhibiting. And Mm. it's a resource that depletes throughout the day. Uh. And the only way to re-energize it is through sleep and meditation. So it's, how do you give yourself some time to build up those stores of, you know, the planning function within that part of your brain? So when you get home, you don't kick the dog or rouse on the kids or Uh. blow up at the missus. How do you clock that you're tired, how do you re-energize through some breathing or simple, whatever is exercise, whatever it might work for you. You've got to find what works for you, a chapter in your book, and then re-engage in that transition. And another leader last week told me this idea. He said, when I drive home, Sam, there's a, there's a telegraph pole. And when I get to that telegraph pole, it says to me, that's the end of that day and I've got to let go of everything that's in my mind, everything that I've been thinking about at work. It'll be there tomorrow. And as soon as I get past that telegraph pole, then I'm home. Uh. And then I'm focused on my my family, my my jobs to do at home and my role at home. And and that compartmentalization, uh. that really stuck with me because I find us we often are not where we are at that point in time. We're either thinking about, uh. if we're at home, we might be thinking about work or-
0: When we're at work, we're thinking about home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it's that practicing that mindfulness, that presence and that compartmentalization to allow you to show up as best as you can in that in that role that you're playing at that point in time.
2: Uh.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a challenge nowadays with you know emails in your pocket and all that stuff. It follows you home, so you got to consciously kind of, yeah, I'm home now. I'm switching off.
1: Yeah, there's some a lot of great research now around that digital detox and allowing yourself breaks from technology. And it's a new emerging thing for us as as humans. As a species, ha- yeah. Yeah, we haven't had this to face this challenge before, and that comes back to your habits. You know, what do you allow to happen and we can be reactive, and when we hear the phone buzz, we grab it and we respond. Or we can be choiceful and make a call about: does this, is this the most important thing for me for for my role, be it in an organisation, in my family, for me to pay attention toward, and putting some, setting some boundaries. I think so. This this concept of discipline equals freedom that we've talked about before mm-hmm. is
0: from uh, Jocko. Extreme Ownership.
1: Yeah, uh, we love great Jocko. It's um, it's this concept of you know. Setting the boundaries that you believe are, are right for you to be successful—that that that structure that allows you to to be have the greatest impact in all parts of your life—and mm. I find that answering emails at you know late at night, one, it doesn't help me get to sleep, and two, it it just my response won't be constructive as it could be because I'm tired and I'm I'm sleepy or whatever. So yeah. it's just being mindful of where you're at mentally, physically, emotionally, and then focusing on where you can be your best.
0: Fantastic. uh, If you could give me one advice for the upcoming arrival, what would
1: it be, Sam? Trust your instinct. You've got thousands of years of parenting in you and I think you and Kay will be great parents if you just trust your gut, trust what emerges for you internally and and you'll know what this child needs because it's come from you and and you'll be great. Sounds good. Thanks, Sam. (laughs) Thanks, mate.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.